0: Sidewalk Audio presents Shadow Magic, a podcast novel by John Lenehan, read by the author. Chapter 16, The Druid Table. I leapt to my feet and reached for my sword. So did my companions. Unfortunately, none of us had our weapons with us. Fergal cocked his arm a couple of times, trying to bring out a non-existent banshee blade. I grabbed a fork from the table and brandished it as menacingly as one can with tableware. Essa and Araf were the only sensible ones. When they realized they had no banta sticks, they each ripped a leg off the table. As food and plates crashed to my feet, I slipped on some fruit and fell backward onto the semi-legless table. Neve smiled and took a step forward. Araf, Essa, and Fergal came to my defense, standing between me and my evil aunt. Fergal was holding a silver serving tray in front of him as a shield. Dad and Mom quickly came between us. Whoa, Dad said, putting up his hand in front of him. He was smiling a little. Neve is on our side. What? What do you mean, our side? This is the woman who tried to kill me with a spear, and she shot you with an arrow, Dad, remember? It's true. It's true. Mom said. Neve is a friend. I stood up, still brandishing my fork. The last time we were all together, you two were trying to kill each other. Yes, Mom said, but after you escaped, we nursed your father's wound together, and we talked. We hadn't talked since my banishment. We had a lot to say. Araf and Essa lowered their table leg, but I was unconvinced. I continued to wield my cutlery. Mom went on, I was consumed with a want of revenge. Real magic could not tell me who had destroyed my home, so I sought out the feely and the secret of shadow magic. That's when I met Fawn. Together, we learned that shadow magic was not evil. It was like any other power. The evil came from the person who wielded it. She taught me the wisdom of the feely, and it changed me. I have never used shadow magic to find out who killed my father and my tutors. The hate would corrupt me, and the magic. "'What does this have to do with her?' I said, pointing my fork at Neve. It was Neve's turn to speak. Her voice was soft. It surprised me. I had never heard it without venom. I am an old woman, and I thought myself wiser than I really was. I was set in my ways when your mother learned forbidden lore and produced the son of the one-handed prince. I thought it was my duty to stop her. Now I see that it was wrong to blame shadow magic for the feely war. It was Maeve who was to blame. I looked over to Fawn. She lowered her eyes. What about the son of the one-handed prince stuff, I said. Una's divination should not be ignored, Maeve said, but... But your mother has convinced me that there are other paths than the one I have been traveling. You mean the Kill Connor path? Yes, she said, and she sounded sincere. Well, I was never a big fan of that road. Neve smiled. Nor was I, Connor. You will never know how much it pained me. So how come you're coming at me with a knife? She glanced down in her hand and looked surprised to see that she was actually holding a knife. Oh, I was just in the kitchen. I came to see if I could slice some bread for anyone. Dad cracked up at this. You going to lower your fork, son, or you going to eat your aunt? I looked at the pathetic weapon in my hand and smiled. So we start over? I would like that, Neve said. "'Okay. Hi. I'm Connor, a Weissen and Deirdre's kid.' I extended my hand. "'I am very happy to meet you, Connor. I am Neve, your father's older sister and your aunt.' She shook my hand and smiled. "'You know, when Neve smiles, she doesn't look so scary at all. Saying that, I wasn't ready to hug her.' "'Can I have my table legs back?' came a quiet voice on the other side of the room. It was Fawn. Oh, gods, Araf said. I am sorry. Araf lifted the table with one hand and tried to put the leg back without much success. Do not worry, Fawn said. The druid table has been broken before. In years to come, I will point out the repairs and tell how the lord of the imps "'tore off the leg to protect his friend. "'The druid table?' I said. "'Most of the feely were killed in the war,' Dad said. "'The few survivors hid in this forest. "'The rest became mortals and traveled to the real world. "'Irish history remembers them as druids.' "'I remember you telling me about the druids when I was young. "'You told me no one knew where they came from.' "'I lied.' Dad said. I knew. You lied about a lot of things, didn't you, Dad? I did, and I'm sorry. So, are you finally going to tell me the truth about how you lost your hand? "Ah, that's a great story, Fergal yelped. You see, Oysen and and Kaelty were having a... You know how my dad lost his hand? Well, of course. Everyone knows that story, Fergal said. Then why didn't you tell me? Well, you never asked me. I can't believe you never heard it. You see, Oisin and Kealti, Araf placed his hand on Fergal's shoulder. Perhaps Lord Oysin should tell his own tale. Oh, yeah, Fergal said. Sorry. You two go for a walk, Mom said. You have much to talk about, and we have much to do here if I'm to cast shadow runes tonight. Come, son, and I will tell you of things that I have long wished I could tell you. Dad and I walked outside in the dark shade of beautiful trees adorned with clusters of red berries. What trees are these? I asked. Rowan. The feely lands are the Rowan lands. Mave used to hold the Lewis Rune. Dad explained. The berries are poisonous, but the feely managed to somehow make jam out of them, I... I think I saw you have some this morning. I did. It it was nice. The Fili are clever people. My father was wrong to punish them all. My mother asked him to be lenient, but he was so appalled by the war, he ruled with his heart and not with his head. Your mother? I said, suddenly wondering why I never even thought to ask before. Dad closed his eyes for a second. An evil thought entered my mind. Did Kilti kill her, too? no. After I was born, she went over the water on a sorceress's quest. She never returned. Finn and Una performed a rune-casting to find her, but to no avail. She must have died. Who was she? My mother, your grandmother, was a sorceress. Her yu-wand held the power of the horses. I never knew her. It was said that she raised the finest horses in the land. Her name was Maka, there's a town in Ireland called Awanmaca. Awen means twin, doesn't it? That's right. Coo named it during one of his tall tale sessions, I believe. He was really referring to Kiltie and me. You and Kiltie are twins? I thought he was your older brother. He is, but everyone called us twins because there is only a year between us. Mortals don't have very many children, otherwise the place would be overrun. It is very rare for someone to have two children so close together. So we were called Ao and Maka, Maka's twins. But Kealti's the oldest in the heir to the throne. Heirs are not decided by nepotism in the land. Rune lords are made at their rune choosing. I keep hearing about this rune choosing. What is it? When a young man or woman comes of age, they prepare a small disc of oak, Dad said, and place on it a piece of gold. They then carry the oak and gold through the three antechambers of the Hall of Runes. At each doorway, a Morbrocht is passed. Morbrocht? I don't know that word. It literally means tidal wave, Dad said, but most people who have performed a choosing... Say, it's more like a riptide, but in the air, all around you. Well, what it is is incredibly difficult, both mentally and physically. A chooser may give up after the first antechamber. After that, stopping means death. The rune becomes hot in your hand after each marbrookt The gold melts into the oak. When and if you pass through the final barrier, you may turn over the piece of oak in your hand. Upon it engraved in gold will be a rune. Some runes are major runes. These are for rune lords, and others are minor runes, and these are for the heirs. Only after a rune lord has left or died may the holders of the minor runes retake their choosing to see who is to be the rune lord. What rune do you hold? Dad held up his stump. One cannot choose a rune without a rune hand. I have never attempted the choosing. Kilti has, though, hasn't he? Yes. Everyone expected him to choose one of the door runes, but he chose a virgin rune. A virgin rune? Yes. A virgin rune is one that has never been chosen before. It had been so long since a new rune appeared that most of us thought it was a myth, but then it happened. Kilti chose Gatal, the reed rune, A week later, word arrived that the Reedlands had appeared east of the Hazellands. Then we were certain that the legends of the origins were true. Hold on, I said. Let me get this straight. Kjolti chose a new rune, and poof, some land appears out of nowhere? Out of the sea, Dad corrected. The land is an island. Right. So the Reedlands appear out of the sea, and this never happened before? not since the beginnings. And when was that? Dad smiled at me like I was a kid again. That was before time. Sit down, son. I'll tell you of our ancestors. We had walked to the edge of the forest. Before us was Una's blackthorn wall. Beyond that was the blackened hazel lands. Dad placed his hand on a fallen rowan tree and asked its permission to use it. He sat on the tree, and I sat cross-legged at his feet. A Ryu was the first. She is the mother of the land and is considered a god among many, especially the leprechauns. My father believed that she was his great-great-great-grandmother. When she came, the land was a tiny island. Some say she found the oak trees here. Others say she brought an acorn with her. Either way, she was the first lord of Dor. Together with the leprechauns, she built the first house of Dor and excavated the mines. Where did the leprechauns come from? Who knows? They believe Oriu made them. That's why they're so loyal to the house of Dor. Anyway, Oriu was a great sorceress. Your mother believes she may have possessed shadow magic, but most of her skills were with real magic, true magic, powered by the gold in the mines. She sent for her sisters. Bamba and Fodla. Together they created the Chamber of Runes. Bamba chose the Ioho rune and created the yule lands Fodola chose court. Her choosing created the Orchard Lands. So where do the imps and the banshees come from? When a virgin land is created by the choosing, it is said that often it appears with full-grown trees, but sometimes it appears with people. THE IMPS SUPPOSEDLY APPEARED WITH THE ORCHARD LANDS. LATER AN IMP ATTEMPTED THE CHOOSING AND CHOSE THE ORE RUNE FOR THE FIRST TIME, CREATING THE HEATHERLANDS, OR THE IMPLANDS AS WE CALL THEM. THAT WOULD BE ONE OF YOUR FRIEND Araf's ANCESTORS. THE BANSHEES ARE DIFFERENT. THEY BELIEVE THEY WERE SENT FOR FROM THE OTHER WORLD BY Banaba, TO PROTECT OUR SHORES. IS THIS ALL TRUE? I DON'T KNOW, HE REPLIED. When I was young, I thought it was all just myth and legend. When the reedlands appeared, I started to think again. As I sat at his feet and listened to him, I realized that I had not only missed a mother in my life, but also a father who could tell the truth. The years of holding back were lifting off of his shoulders. He looked younger as he told me things that he had been aching to tell before. I was just about to hear the story of how he got his hand chopped off, and it's easy to guess who did it, when we heard a pathetic yelp of a wounded animal. Dad and I ran to the blackthorns. It was a wolf, a big wolf. It was manically trying to dig under the blackthorn wall, but the blackthorns were having none of it. The thorns had wrapped themselves around the wolf's head. There was fresh blood where a thorn had pierced the side of its ear, but that wasn't its only wound. A black arrow stuck out of the wolf's hindquarters. The whole of its back end was caked with dried blood. The beast made a sickening yelp as the thorns pressed harder. Dad spoke to the blackthorns, and they reluctantly loosened their grip. Dad called to the wolf and said, "'It's all right. I'll help you.' I was shocked when the wolf looked him straight in the eye like he understood. Then the animal collapsed on the ground And if I hadn't seen it myself, I wouldn't have believed it. He changed into a man. Get your mother, Dad said. Mom was already on her way when she met me on the road. The blackthorns had told her. When we arrived back with Dad, she used her wand to part the thorns, and we carried him in. What was that? I said, still a bit stunned. He's a puka, Dad said. They can change into animals. Oh, right, I said. Fawn and another feely woman arrived and tended his wounds. They gave him water, which woke him up, and a tonic that put him to sleep, and carried him back to the village. The story of how Dad became a lefty had to wait. Later, back at the village, after things had calmed down a bit, Araf, Fergal, Mom, Aunt Eve, Dad, and I had a late lunch. The food was a vegetarian's dream. It made me think I would buy a pair of sandals, listen to folk music, and forgo hamburger joints forever. The others had been collecting tree sap all morning in preparations for a shadow casting after nightfall. They were almost ready. Fawn popped in and informed us that her... Puka patient hadn't regained consciousness. Fergal interrupted the chomping. So, Connor, what would you think of the story of how Prince Oisin lost his hand? I didn't hear it, I said. We were interrupted by a rabid puka. Oisin, Mother said. It is time you told your son the tale. Now, Dad said. Deirdre nodded. you have been listening to Shadow Magic, a podcast novel by John Lenahan. Music gratefully provided by Lunasa. To hear more of their fabulous music, please visit their website, www.lunasa.ie. That's www.lunasa.ie. For more information about Shadow Magic or its author, please visit www.shadowmagic.co.uk Thank you very much for listening.